coming up on the Rip Body Podcast. So I trained as a medical doctor. I worked as a medical doctor for eight or nine years and at some point decided that I wanted to actually start helping people with their health rather than just giving people pills after the fact of, you know, a heart attack or, or whatever. I wanted to be preventative and to do that, the, the best way I saw was to become a coach and start one-to-one and figuring it out from that from that point of view. Welcome to the show. I'm Andy Morgan and on the Rip Body Podcast, we teach how to achieve long-term physique transformation. I've invited my good friend and fellow co-founder of the Rising Coach Collective, Emil Hodjevic, to be a co-host moving forward on the pod. Emil used to be an ER doctor, but he now runs a successful coaching business. Now, there are similarities in what we do, but the people we work with differ slightly, and I thought it would be great to get a multi-layered perspective on things. We're going to be diving into reader questions moving forward. So if you'd like to have your question answered by us on the show, email podcast at ribbody.com. In the first few minutes of this show, I get Emil to tell us a little bit about his background, and then we dive into today's question. Is it dangerous to go below 1,200 calories? Enjoy. Emil, welcome to the pod, sir. We're live now. You've got to say something. Welcome to the pod. Oh, hi. Yes, I'm here. Um, <laughs> Why did you suddenly get posh? I, I, I've, you panicked me. You panicked me. Hey, guys. Thank you. Welcome so, to the podcast. I'm here. Hey, you're a temporary guest host. I'm the one that gets the welcome. Then. You're not the one that gets the welcome. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm welcoming you. I don't, see, right, guys, this is Dr. Emil. I've decided to have him on so that his doctorness can actually rub some credibility off onto me. Now, I'm not talking about like a fake doctor, like my co-author, Dr. Eric Helms, who's like just a PhD. I'm not talking about another fake doctor friend, Eric number two, Eric Trexler, who is just another PhD in supplements of all things. I'm actually talking about a real doctor, Dr. Emil. You used to be an A&E, so accident and emergency guy. You were a, 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 proper doctor doctor of what we think of doctors when we were kids and yet you decided to come over you decided to leave seven eight nine years of education and become a well a coach like me and uh, why yeah what's the yeah, story so there man medical doctor is there technical phrase we that's the technical phrase see 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 this is why you're here you're the brains <laughs> and the biceps yeah. give them a shot go on Ooh. there we go let okay. them peek out um okay. yeah so i trained as a medical doctor i worked as a medical doctor for eight or nine years and at some point decided that i wanted to actually start helping people with their health rather than just giving people pills after the fact of, you know, a heart attack or, or whatever. I wanted to be preventative and to do that, the, the best way I saw was to become a coach and start one-to-one -one and figuring it out from that, from that point of view. And also from a personal, selfish point of view, I wanted more freedom. I wanted the flexibility that came with coaching, running businesses. And in 2019, I left my medical career entirely. I did my last shift in, in the emergency room and have been entrepreneuring, coaching, businessing ever since. 
So you bailed just before the pandemic. Did you know that something was coming? Yeah, we, we, we get like an inside wire. It's like shit's coming, <laughs> leave. No, um, I, I, so I was working in the summers in the UK as a doctor and then I was traveling in the winters. I had like kind of a transition phase. I was work, I worked full time until 2015 and then over three or four years transitioned out of being a doctor. Right. And I'd already, I, I did my last shift. I moved to Portugal. I went traveling in Asia and then in March, or February, March, COVID started and I'd already left, but I hadn't kind of totally drawn a line under it. And then when COVID happened, it was literally, I can go back and, and kind of be a COVID doctor and I would have to give up everything that I've been creating for the last four years because you couldn't really do both. Um, and at that point I made the decision to go all in on, on, on health, on, on coaching so you've been online coaching now for six years, is it? 2015 I started, so yeah. Yeah, okay, uh, seven, so six, seven. Six, years, seven. Yeah. And uh, could you briefly describe your business? So just for context, uh, Emil and I, we, uh, Emil is my partner in the Rising Coach Collective, which is a, an online community to help support other online coaches. Um, that's along with another guy called uh, Ben Jawalski. Um, I will not uh, try and pronounce your family name. Hodjevic, is it? Something like Hodjevic, that? Hodjevic, yeah. Hodjevic, there we go. Um, so, lost my chain of thought. You, yeah, could you describe, describe business. your business? You, you've, you've built quite an impressive business. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of went through the process of making all the mistakes in the book between kind of 2015, 2019. At that point, I got traction figured it out as it were and i currently work with entrepreneurs um, who travel a lot and that is my target market i have two coaches working with me who do the vast majority of the kind of the coaching um, we have a small team we're based all over the world and that that's that's the coaching business essentially and your niche is entrepreneurs male entrepreneurs who travel a lot essentially business owners cool. who travel a lot yeah. And um, if we think of doctors in the um, nutrition space of our industry, um, I think of Dr. Oz, Dr. Mark Hyman, and now we've got you thrown into the mix. You're not exactly with the most, uh, how can I say, um, the, the, the best of, of people there. Why, why on earth should we trust you, given that you have doctor in front of your name which obviously marks you out as a charlatan yeah um <laughs> i'll be honest when i originally left medicine i tried to distance myself from being a doctor as much as possible mm. and i didn't have it in any of my marketing i was just a coach and i was like competing as a bodybuilder at the time and the reason for that was there was a lot of doctors who said that they, they were doing all these things but the nature of being a doctor is you don't have time to do anything else so there was like i'm a i'm a coach but you don't coach anyone like these other people oh i do this but you don't you just put it in your instagram bio so i was like no i'm a coach that happened to do a medical degree so i dis i separated the two entirely and then through right. multiple conversations with intelligent people they were like you should probably leverage the fact that you're a doctor like that's kind of powerful in the marketing space so I, I now use it in my marketing, but honestly, like you look at my Instagram, very, very little 
it says doctor in the in the handle and that's about it um there may be one picture of me in scrubs every 10 or 20 photos but to me it's really not part of my identity and honestly the biggest skill that i've taken from being a doctor the two two biggest skills is one being able to appreciate and understand science um and two being able to communicate and synthesize it in a very very simple straightforward way neither of which are medical skills per se but that's what i've taken from it and to be honest in my coaching it's taken me six years of study in two degrees to be able to get to a point where I can disregard 99% of the junk science out there and really hone in on what is relevant to my clients without needing to feed my ego by going into biomechanical principles and all this shit that my clients don't care about. So I've managed to build up confidence to not go into details because I know they don't need them. If they ask, I can talk about the Krebs cycle or whatever the hell else. No one asks. Um, so that, that, that's the biggest thing I've received from being a doctor, which is not being a jargon filled nonsense machine. So first question, uh, what's the Krebs cycle? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, I've got my whiteboard here. We can... I used to be so, able to draw think... the propofol molecule. Like, why? Yeah, but, well, because obviously when someone comes in after a car crash, right? And you're you're holding their limbs and head together. They absolutely need that. Um, I think it's a bit sad that my immediate thought when I think doctor and nutritional coach, I just think of charlatan. And I think that's also for quite a few people who are probably following this podcast. And just to kind of circle around this, obviously I'm saying it. Um, I was saying it tongue in cheek there, and I don't mean to. I think the vast majority of doctors out there. Are, are great. But the thing is, the vast majority of doctors, they're not in our industry. They're not nutrition l- people. They're not, nu- they're not nutrition people. And, and let's face it, the, the way that most people, the way that people gain traction is by having edgy outside opinions on things. And that doesn't jive with someone who is very, very science <laughs> based. Really? Um, and so you end up with the, the, uh, the, the famous doctors. They're, it's almost like a red flag, sadly. Yeah. Right. <sighs> anyway. In, in all honesty, that was one of the reasons that I kind of disregarded the whole doctor thing. Cause I was like, I don't think in the space that this hugely serves me. Um, one, because there's a lot of charlatans in the space. And then two, because a lot of the other doctors who aren't charlatans don't have any experience of coaching, don't have any frontline knowledge of nutrition, which means that the stuff that they post and talk about is gibberish. Like it literally is pointless. And I was like, I, I, I this isn't what I'm doing. I'm coaching. I'm actually one-to-one coaching people. Like I understand nutrition i understand how this works not what i learned in med school or didn't learn in med school so i just wanted it to be super clear that i wasn't any of those other things and i was actually doing what i was doing and yeah i think that's smart and i I think this is why we get along um and i love the fact that you have all of you got the your two degrees and all of this experience and and your coaching is even simpler than mine it, it literally Mainly is calories yeah. 
protein minimum is it a movement as like honestly some form of movement. not even protein for some of the guys for most of the guys and some of them the movement is walking and swimming we don't program right. for them so right. like i i tear this down to the basics but then what i do do is i double down on the psychology and the behavior change and in that regard being a doctor is super powerful because i'm in shape i'm a doctor i live the lifestyle of these guys as well so when I say, you just need to eat a bit less, like the same as what everyone else says, they believe me. They believe me and they do it. And when they do it, they get the results. Bah, magic. The crowd goes wild. And that's all these people want. They don't want to know how creatine works. They don't give a shit about the Krebs cycle. They just want the results, both getting to their goal and then sustaining it long term. And I zoom in on that. And that's 95% psychology, 5% physiology and that's what people I, don't want to disregard sorry go no no i was just gonna say i wanted to hate you because you <laughs> you're 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 a doctor um because you you've you have bigger biceps because you you you're a doctor you're um uh you know a handsome dude in his prime you were talking right. about nutrition at this one conference i was at that wasn't a a conference so you're already uh, uh, it was a an entrepreneurial conference so you're already kind of stepping on my toes there um and you failed the natty or not test um which my flow chart is quite simply uh is he bigger than me yes okay not natty uh so and, and is not natty <laughs> <laughs> But no, actually, you stood up there. You did rip off my pyramid, and you didn't ask permission for it because you, you said that calories. You, you, you credited oh, no. me, and you thought no, you didn't. I I, right. If I used your exact pyramid, I definitely well, I credited Eric. I didn't credit you, but That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I just use the pyramid, you can't lay claim to the pyramids, mate. Pyramids? What are you talking about? We were the ones to invent them. Anyway, right, we're talking nonsense. Going to have to cut this. So, we have a question. Uh, Is it dangerous to go below 1,200 calories? Dr. I Emil. don't know where this has come from. I don't know where this number has come from. I, I don't know why the fitness industry has an obsession with 1,200 calories. Like, it's this, and I see this all the time, and, and it kills me because I see people posting, if you eat less than 1,200 calories, you will fail at dieting. And then I think of people who weigh like 50 kilos and are very, very sedentary. And I'm like, I don't know how they eat more than that and lose and lose weight because they're tiny and sedentary. 50 kilos uh, is 110 pounds just for context. Yeah, there. like, yeah. you know, the, this 112 calories is totally arbitrary. People have pulled it out of their butts and then they're using it to try and be polarizing and controversial. And I honestly don't think it helps people. I, th I think part of it is because some coaches want to make a name for themselves by saying, oh, I took on all of these clients who were on really low calories and I gave them way more calories and now they're losing weight. It's like, yeah, 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 okay. I mean, that, that's very 2015 from bodybuilder <laughs> days where bodybuilders <laughs> used to put people on low calories and it's like, oh, I doubled their calories and now they're losing weight. It's like... It's an individual thing. Honestly, I've worked with a number of clients where they've gone below 1,200 calories. Um, I mean, <laughs> to answer the question, is it dangerous? 
No, it's a very, very individual thing. I mean, there's a case report, you can Google it, where some guy fasted for 382 days. Fasted was fine because we have body fat stores which last weeks, months, over a year. So it's not dangerous. That was the guy, he was about 500 pounds, was he, or something like that? I honestly didn't think he was that big. Huh? But he, he was he was a big guy. He was a big guy and it was a medically supervised fast, right, right, right. for sure. Yeah. Um, but let's just take the extreme as a, an example of danger. Like he was absolutely fine. And he wasn't right. even hungry after the first couple of days or something. Um, and then actually when you're thinking, and I think this comes from BMR, people think if you go below your basal metabolic rate, you start to die. Again, total garbage. Simply basal metabolic rate, just for context, that this is um, essentially the calories that your body would need in order to um, maintain uh, function um, if you had no movement uh, during the day. And with that definition, it sounds terrifying because it will stop functioning if you don't give it those calories. But <laughs> Except. if you... <laughs> These Except. thousands of calories we have in body fat stored all over us, ready to be deployed at a moment's notice, and which we are in the middle of an epidemic of carrying too much of this valuable fuel source. Yeah, good point. So, uh, I mean, where where does this come from then that 1,200 is, is too is – too, you can't go below 1,200? Is it a mix of BMR and – it's 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 a mix of, of BMR and this number is a nice number and a lot of people have used it. And then to be honest, what probably happened was one of the bigger names who troll people used it. And then as always happens, that cascades down. People are told to be polarizing, blah, blah, blah. And then this happens. Um, I think there's also probably an element of the uh, anti-diet movement where right. people have been suffering and struggling on the 1200 or low calorie diets. And then you also get this huge dose of I'm on 1200 calories and I'm not losing weight. It's not because your metabolism is broken. It's because you're eating more than 1200 calories. So I think there's a, a, a number of factors which have contributed and it's just stuck. And this is what people are now is front of mind. So uh, for practical advice for people, I would say do not um, focus on the number of calories that you're eating. Focus on adhering to the current calorie target that you have set. See how your rate of – see how your weight is changing over time and then adjust based on that. If you are hitting your target – um, let's say a pound a week of fat loss is your target over the, uh, as an average over three weeks, then you don't need to adjust things. If you're not and you're feeling fine, your hunger isn't through the roof, your uh, lethargy isn't through the roof, like your training is, is, is still going okay, then you can reduce calories, uh, in order to achieve your target rate of weight loss. And if that means going below this 1200 calorie number, so be it. Make sure that you've got vegetables, um, and perhaps some fruits in your diet, along with lots of lean protein in order, which you will be if you're going to be hitting that number and not be suffering with hunger. Don't fear any specific number is what I would say.
And really, for most people, you are not going to find that you will drop below this number. My clients don't, but the, I work with men, right? But for smaller people, especially petite, sedentary women, they may find that they go below this number. So for all the guys listening, and you know, my audience does skew towards men, um, we all have um, female loved ones in our lives. Um, this is essentially the message that it'd be good to get across to them if they've kind of got this dogma in their heads. Is there anything you'd add to that? I mean, just from my, my coaching, we monitor hunger levels, enjoyment and energy levels. And if someone is not hungry, like crazy hungry, they're enjoying their diet. So it's flexible and they're eating a wide variety of foods and their energy is good for training and life. Who is to say that their calories are too low? If they're eating vegetables and protein, which aren't crazy high calorie, and they're not hungry, enjoying their food and have high energy. I mean, I would argue and they're dropping at a very reasonable rate a pound a week or, you know, what is it? A percent or 0.5% of body weight. Yeah. Who's to say Happy that the calories are too low? Exactly. I mean, actually, I would say the calories there are perfect. And the number is is almost irrelevant. So this is where you can kind of, and, and it will vary between people because things like stress and sleep might mean that people are maintaining and are super hungry, not enjoying their diet and uh, have very low energy. So now they're not losing weight because of other factors, but they're still really, really symptomatic, which probably means they shouldn't be dieting right now. So there's just so many factors. And this is why this, this 1200 dangerous thing is just so it lacks nuance and you just have to look at people as individuals. And this is why it annoys me because there will be people who get confused by this as a generalized social media post. And I don't think it's helpful. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you'd like us to answer your question on the pod, email it to podcast at ribbody.com. Don't let the algorithm decide what you feed your mind. If you enter your email address in the box on the ripbody.com homepage, you'll get the third edition of our nutrition setup guide for free and then an email course teaching you how to avoid the most common mistakes that people make. We'd be honored to guide you. And lastly, if you have any questions, hit me up in the comments on the site. I've been answering daily for the past 11 years. All right, until next time then. Peace.